This is Gotham TV Podcast, episode 98, where we are looking at Gotham Heroes Rise, season 3, episode 19, All Will Be Judged. I'm David Mazuz, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Drew Powell, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. This is Robin Lloyd-Taylor, and you're listening to Gotham TV Podcast. Welcome back, Gothamites, to this episode of Gotham TV Podcast, episode 98, where we are judging episode 19 of season 3 of Gotham, where we see the executioner arrive, and all will be judged. Mm-hmm. I am one of your hosts, John. I'm one of your hosts, Derek, and yes, we've judged every episode this season so far. If you want to get any of those episodes, you can go over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts by going to gothamtvpodcast.com slash iTunes. Did you like that, John? I did. Yeah, that yeah. was very good. And of course, you can go to any other good judge, juried, or executioned podcast catcher. Just search Gotham TV Podcast for those of you who are of an Android bent. Yeah. Exactly, yes. exactly. Like ourselves. Yes. Um, pretty cool. Got the episode 19 of season three of Gotham, which also means we're on episode 98 of our podcast, coming very soon to episode 100. If you haven't sent in a message to us, a, video, a voicemail, uh, just go to our website at gothamtvpodcast.com, click the send voicemail button, pop us a message for our 100th episode and say hi. Yes, absolutely. And of course, to coincide with that, as we have been running all this season, there is our Harvey Bullock competition, Mm -hmm. where we are asking listeners to send in their Bullockism of the week. If you do that, then of course, we will pull your names from a hat and the winning name will be in with a chance to, well, no, the winning name will have won. But if your name goes into the hat, it will be in with a chance to win a vinyl pop uh, figurine of Harvey Bullock, as well as the trading cards for season one that were kindly donated by uh, one of our fellow Gothamites, Claire. Claire. Yeah, absolutely. I think we should crack into the episode, John, I think. Definitely. Derek, can you uh, give us... A flavour of the director and writer for this episode. Absolutely, yeah. This episode was directed by John Baring. Uh, he's directed three other episodes of Gotham so far. The fearsome Dr. Crane, this ball of mud and meanness, and The Executioner. So he was involved in the creation episode of The Ex- Executioner. Very, very cool. Mm. And who is the writer? Uh, it was written by Ken Woodruff, who's written nine episodes of Gotham so far, including writing The Executioner with John Baring in that episode as well. So, uh, so they've worked together before. This is an episode that has lots to do with The Executioner. So quite cool to see them in there. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis? Sure. Lee Tompkins begins to have an identity crisis after finding more evidence about Mario's death and visits Tetch in Arkham, where she hears some uncomfortable truths and pursues a course of action that is dangerous for herself and those she holds dear. Selina, now out of her coma, heads to Wayne Manor, where she fails to kill the brutal ganger, but exposes him as an imposter to Alfred. Gordon and Bullock, meanwhile, find a clue, a second crystal owl that adds more evidence of the court's plan against Gotham. However, their search is interrupted by Captain Barnes, who in league with Catherine kidnaps Jim Gordon to become judge, jury and executioner as he sits in sentence over Jim for his previous actions. 
In the nick of time, Bullock saves Jim. But whilst Barnes escapes, Catherine is arrested. And during her interrogation, just as Alfred, Jim and Jim connect the court, the Tetch virus bomb and Bruce's kidnapping. As they try to extract the truth from Catherine, Barnes strikes at the heart of the GCPD to deliver his particular and perverted sense of justice off with her head. Meanwhile, Cobblepot and Nygma face each other in their cells and put aside their hatred of one another only for a while as they work together to escape their prison. Elsewhere, with Bruce back in Gotham at an unknown location with the shaman, he has told a number of truths about his parents' murder and the real reason for his training at the hands of the shaman. There's loads going on in this episode. Absolutely loads going on. <laughs> really is a jam-packed episode mm. uh, in this episode of Gotham, definitely. I think we should kick off our top five points where the episode started out and the episode, last week's episode ended with uh, with Oswald and Ed. Um, so revenge is what saved the life of the Penguin. Uh, nothing else. Uh, I like there's a nice little bit of interplay between Ed and, and Oswald here in the two cages where, where Ed's going, you're very hard to kill. You're more like a cockroach than a penguin. Yeah, very good. <laughs> very cool. Um, and yeah, we, we find out that effectively it's what brought Ed back from the brink is that he wants to kill. Sorry, Oswald's back from the brink is that he wants to kill Ed for what he did to him. Uh, it wasn't that it was that Ed had turned down his love and wasn't didn't reciprocate it. It's because he tore down everything that Oswald had built over the previous well, three seasons for us watching TV. Um, but over the years, he's destroyed everything that Oswald held dear. So, uh, so really on a mission here to to kill Ed. Bit of a surprise that they started working together at the end of the episode, though. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I wish they had kept that tension. Um, a bit more through through this episode but i mean i suppose you're not really going to show two of your main characters uh, stuck in a cell um you know there's only so much you can do with that but i mm. did like the the toing and froing between these two in the cell you know there's oswald sharpening some kind of knife or spoon to 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 fashion into a blade uh-huh. to try and get uh, a chance to kill Ed. And of course, Ed then fires a dart uh, at Oswald, and Oswald foils uh, Ed's plan of, of escape. So there's this there's a real nice kind of uh, upsetting of the apple cart between these two here. Um, I actually them working together was 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 fine for me i kind of just wished that oswald had left ed in the cell i know what you mean i think that would have really just shown just how opposed these two are now and even though they've given their words you know whilst confined in the cell that they can't trust one another now because um, it's gone too far for any form of reconciliation. Um, I, I think that would have been really good because then, you know, eventually we would have seen Ed come out and try and, again, extract his revenge and see how that played out. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, I, I like that they, you know, put aside their differences for a for a, a while just so that they could escape. But I was expecting one of them to kind of turn on the other at some point, and I thought that was definitely um, probably the crucial moment where that could have happened to uh, best effect. Really. Right, right. But in Gotham, there is honour among supervillains, and I do love the actual rules for the escape, is that uh, Riddler and Penguin are going to work together to escape 
but it also includes a six-hour window <laughs> to get away, so they can't, so they, so they can, so they can kill each other on the outside. So uh, we're not going to kill each other here. We're going to work together to get out of this situation that we're in. But we've got six hours to be apart from each other, and they have that great standoff moment at the end where they both drop their weapons and run away from each other, are leaving each other. And Ed effectively says, "But we own everything now." Barbara and T- Tabitha, myself and Butch, we now own the city. You own nothing. You have nothing. And Oswald reveals to me has the strange has strangers monsters. Yeah, there. Um, quite cool. That so. was a nice little standoff. And of mm. course, I suppose if Oswald had kept him in the cell, that wouldn't have happened. But that 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 was pretty good. And I mean, Ed's uh, alliance with Tabitha and of course Barbara. As, as well as Butch, is not really that strong because Tabitha and Butch really are, are not in it for Ed at all. No. So, um, kill him, really. yeah, he, you know, Ed is probably at this stage on quicksand to an extent. Mm-hmm. And I think Oswald seems to be much the stronger with the, the army of monsters available to him. Yeah, yeah, totally. I wonder how they will play out, though. It'll be interesting. Fire or ice. It yeah. will be kind of Game of Thrones again. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I think it's time to get on to point number two. Yeah, we have the Bruselganger revealed to Alfred as the imposter. And, of course, coming to blows with Selina. It's some pretty harsh uh, fighting here. I mean, that Bruselganger does like a good old fire poker. Um, oh, yeah. You know, he... I I would I'm convinced that basically Selena and Alfred would be dead with um the blows that he was inflicting to their head with that cast iron poker. Well, if you get shot in the stomach and fall into a river of Gotham and still don't die, <laughs> yeah, I think well, a poker to the true. head is just a knockout technique, isn't it? <laughs> Probably. But um you know, I I did I I like this moment where she comes back intent on on revenge, but again, his strength shows here against both Selena and Alfred. Absolutely, even though Selena's a very good fighter, as we know from from previous episodes, uh, he takes her out pretty quickly, um, and then goes up against Alfred with his with his SAS training. Um, Alfred's been known to kick a lot of bottom. Uh, in this show. <laughs> well, quite. Um, so quite cool to see him, uh, see the two of them go up against each other. I'm sure that must have been so much fun to film with um, with Sean Pertwee and, and Davin Bazous because they're usually, you know, boxing against each other or sparring against each other, but they've never really had a proper all a brawl like this one and all a fight with this one. So it's who can fun. headbutt the hardest. I, I really like that. And of mm-hmm. course, then Alfred unfortunately loses that one, but there's who can punch the hardest, yeah. who can headbutt the hardest, and then eventually who can wield the uh, cast iron poker mm-hmm. the hardest. And it's the brutal ganger, but we don't. He obviously escapes, um, but we don't know where to. Presumably back to the court of owls. Yeah. But, um, they really are slightly in disarray, I suppose, at the moment. So whether he will get safe harbour somewhere, who knows? Yeah. But another pit that kind of came out of this, these scenes between 5 and 4A and, and Selena and, and Alfred, um, the kind of impact between Selena and Alfred, there's no, never really been much love lost between these two uh, in the series. But Alfred was pretty strong on the fact of getting... Well, effectively, his son back, getting getting Bruce back when he realizes he's been missing, uh, and really takes it out on Selena when she starts to say that she won't help. Um, starts to call her the same as her mother, kind of person that will run away from a fight. Um, saying that that she's still angry at Bruce because he didn't um didn't tell her that her mother was a con artist. Um, really difficult. And then the answer from Selena was again. Very Catwoman, very Selena Kyle. Definitely. Very much, yeah. I'm trying to work out how saving Bruce will benefit me was kind of the, the attitude from her. 
You know, she's always had this kind of chip on her shoulder kind of character. She's always been a person that fends for herself. But she has always stood up in the past and worked with people that were trying to help Bruce in previous episodes. So this time she's not willing to after returning from uh, from her coma, I suppose. And um, she's now not willing to stand beside Alfred and help out in finding Bruce. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because Alfred almost goes through the full range of emotions with her in that when he sees how badly hurt she is, he's very concerned about her getting to a hospital and so on. And yet then when it ends up that she's not almost going to be part of the team to help try and rescue Bruce from wherever he is, um, he really does go go after her. Yeah. Um, delivering a few truths maybe uh to her but ultimately alfred then has to go to the gcpd where he does come into uh contact with catherine and he he is he would probably make a worse uh gcpd detective than jim gordon <laughs> i mean it was a knife straight to the the, the hand um so Catherine really did get her comeuppance a bit really in, in this episode. A few times, yeah. Quite a few times. But he um, does deliver that blow to the hand with the line of the episode, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. With uh, I'm not a I'm not a police officer, I'm a butler. Yeah, and exactly. Fantastic. Nice double O Alfred moment. Definitely. And of course was willing to go for the second hand as well, uh, with his knife and uh, until and I presume this makes us go on to point three, our third note. Then when the executioner arrives, mm -hmm. Catherine gets her comeuppance in many ways here. And she has unleashed the executioner and the executioner is unleashed on Gotham and on the GCPD in mm -hmm. particular. And Jim. Yes. Uh, yes. Jim is still getting his... Um, a few home truths from him and from Lee still here. Yes. Um, and Jim is increasingly not understanding their point of view. It's difficult, I think, from the executioner because he is, he's quite frankly bonkers. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, I really liked how sort of crazy and single minded that he is here. How, yeah. and, and how, you know, the Captain Barnes that they keep trying to sort of come and, appeal to any bit of Captain Barnes that's left there in, in the executioner. Yeah. And there simply is none. So I really, really uh, enjoyed that. And I think the courthouse scene, very reminiscent of uh, Dark Knight Rises, I felt. Um, Scarecrow, wasn't with it? Scarecrow. Uh, really, uh, really nice scene where, you know, he is judge, jury, and executioner mm -hmm. uh, standing on sentence of Jim Gordon for his... Well, his lackadaisical approach to detective work yes. in uh, in Gotham. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and we do find out a little bit more about Barnes's um, appreciation of the virus and what it did for him. You know, where yeah. where um, they're saying they were going to unleash the virus on the entire city of Gotham, including the innocents and the guilty, uh, hoping that that will. Um, penetrate this kind of uh, this covering on on Barnes, but his response to it is, "Why would anybody want not want this virus? The clarity it gives you, the sense of purpose that it gives you." And um, so, quite interesting. He thinks the virus is a gift, really. Um, yeah. So, so it's understandable why he aligned with the Court of Owls, who were about to release it on the entire city. Um, but yeah, there's a great moment there, though, with uh, with Jim using his. Very cool wiles to get his, uh, to, to get his comeuppance against, uh, against Barnes, where he takes his badge, gets his police badge back, and as Barnes is giving it to him, he pulls the 
uh, grenade pin on the suit. That's a very cool little moment. I do think as well as uh, after Harvey has run in to save the day and Barnes effectively flees by running out of the, the window, I love the fact that he um, <laughs> he lands in the Genovese meats. Um, so I wonder if there's a little bit of snacking going on. <laughs> a, a few sort of Italian salamis and, and, and whatnot being yeah. consumed by uh, Captain Barnes. It's very cool. It looked like a bit of a, a wee kind of moment. It you did. It was really <laughs> funny. Um, it definitely. Um, I just thought it was so particular because, I mean, the, 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 the truck was identified as the only kind of link to try and track the two down. And yeah. yes, he lands in it. It means you just parked it in the right spot in yeah. case this had to happen. He's a good planner. Absolutely. Our, our I wonder if, if he went head first, did he have his mouth open ready to uh, receive the meat <laughs> a little bit of the meat in there very cool um but yes yeah he just does also pay a visit to the gcpd one little bit of a weird moment i think it might have been an extra that did something a little bit wrong but i loved in the background you hear the, the shout out as uh, barnes their former captain of about six weeks ago uh, comes into the gcp swinging his axe and someone shouts out Who's that? Like, um, <laughs> yeah. your former captain? He's not gone that long, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but Catherine gets on the sharp end of the executioner as well. Oh, yes. I love the fact that the head rolls towards Alfred, who then is, like, screaming out no because he's just lost the link that he thought he had to trying to find out uh, where Bruce is being kept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, interestingly, again, we we now, they now all know that Catherine is not a leader of um, of the Court of Elves. She's a member of the Court of Elves, but they've always thought she was a leader. So they did find that out before her untimely death. It is kind of sad. She's been a very iconic kind of character uh, throughout this season. You know, we're on episode nineteen, and she's appeared in almost all of the episodes of the season in some capacity. Um, and she was becoming a very big a very big character in the show, but uh, kind of sad to see Catherine go. Yeah, she was a good villain. Mm-hmm. She was um, sufficiently above it all uh, and uh, hoity-toity kind of really to... I thought it was really <laughs> good. Um, the what? Brilliant phrase. Yes, I thought it was really just really well played how commanding she was, um, and she really was. Of course, you would think she was the leader, but I think increasingly we're seeing the shaman being um, more important to uh, the court of owls, or maybe not. But interestingly, yeah, the the, the swipe of uh, of Barnes's hand, where he takes her head off with one with one swipe, is pretty brutal, really. Um, <laughs> and then says that all will fall before the blade of the executioner, just oh. before the hand gets blown off by um by a shotgun so it's not even just the blade gets knocked off it's Barnes's left hand is removed um by the shotgun blast yeah and he escapes again we mm-hmm. find so he's a good escape artist as well like uh, and I love Harvey Bullock really just exasperation we've only just arrested him he's being shipped back to Arkham Asylum and he's managed to escape his his prison guard. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Poor old Harvey. This episode was going through a lot of emotions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this time it was chaos reigning supreme. And of course, the precinct got a pretty big hit with smoke bombs, mm-hmm. normal bombs being flung around by Captain Barnes in his previous church. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I liked uh, like Jim's in his fight with him, saying, "This is now my church. This is my." 
place. Another little foreshadowing of the fact that he will eventually become uh, Commissioner Gordon. So, yeah, um, yeah nice, nice little moment there. Um, let's go on to our next point. Uh, I think we have uh, the Shaman, obviously, and Bruce is another another big set of moments in this episode. So Bruce returning to Gotham under the tutelage of the, uh, of the shaman. Yeah, this was, this was really good. And again, we got some of the nice memory um, pins uh, being used here. I've really enjoyed the use of these really. Mm. Um, and just being able to, to go back and, and, and see elements of Bruce's past. We not only get Bruce's past, but we get to see the shaman's past mm. and whether it is the, absolute truth or not i suppose we'll get to find that out but we do seem to get the impression that thomas and martha wayne were killed and murdered like jim's father at the orders of the court of owls and the shaman kind of really uh softens this blow a bit to 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 Bruce by saying that he was absolutely not for this murder, that mm. it was they were actually very powerful and an old family like the members of the court yeah. um, that brought good to Gotham, which is seems to be what they um, are attempting to do by wiping the slate clean with the Tetch virus. Is yeah. It has descended into chaos and uh, crazy crime, and that that's what they want to stop, and that the Waynes were a good part of, of Gotham. Mm-hmm. So he seems to be turning against the court, but whether that is just simply um, feed for Bruce in order for him to follow him, it kind of looks like that, to it be honest. It does feel like it, yeah. It does It does feel like it's a great positioning for the shaman to be, oh, well, you know, I, I wasn't involved in this decision. It was made while I wasn't around, which is what the um, the the member of the Court of Owls effectively says to him. Uh, we had to make a decision because... Um, Thomas and Martha Wayne were threatening to expose the organization, expose the court. Um, they made this decision without the uh, without the express permission from the shaman, is what it's kind of trying to say. And then he killed the person who brought him the news as well. So, um, so it's setting him up to be on the side of Bruce, but I kind of don't think so. I think it's yeah. pretty shady. Red herring, guy, so. I reckon. Yeah. Red herring. Definitely. Um, but we'll see, yeah. And, of course, then we also um, really find out that all of this training is for Bruce to release all feeling so that he feels nothing. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, he's being set up to be either just another Talon or some kind of super Talon uh, for... Uh, this organization. And the leader of the talent, yeah. maybe. So yeah. this is a really cool... I mean, I thought it was really cool how they did that. You know, obviously, one of the talents comes in and is asked to uh, cut off his little uh, finger. But but not only is that they will obey orders uh, un- unquestioningly, mm-hmm. but will, you know, harm themselves or kill themselves, be kamikaze to an extent, um, if ordered by their their master so yeah bruce we see the scene where he's kind of putting his mother's pearls into that safe to lock them away and he he stumbles a bit and that's where the shaman kind of reveals a memory as we've said about um him being disapproving of the court's action to kill martha and thomas yeah and that finally after that truth has been told or that version of the truth bruce is then more accepting to release um, his mother's pearls and ha- that memory of his mother um, into the safe that locks it away yeah. uh, from from Bruce to access. Yeah. So they ask the question, 
what to feel for your parents, nothing. Yeah, yeah. So he's being desensitized, de-emotionalized to his parents and their memory. Well, his parents murder, right? He yes. It wasn't that he's forgotten his parents or that he hates his parents or anything like that. No, it's absolutely. nothing about the murder of his parents at the moment. Uh, quite a cool one. I do think the one feeling he definitely has to get over is probably the pain of the amount of needles he's now had on his head. <laughs> uh, I, I, there is a moment just before the needle went into to David Mazus's head in this episode that I thought there looked like a permanent mark is now there because he's had about 15 of these <laughs> yeah. in the last two or three episodes. Uh, hopefully that'll help him out. Hopefully they have a good health plan um, to, to help him out well, to make sure that's not permanent scar <laughs> uh, but let's go on to the final point um another pretty big moment in here um yeah lee tompkins leslie tompkins big is going moment. on continuing her investigation i suppose into what led to mario's death she uh, has just been blaming jim in the past but as jim mentioned to her last week walking out the way she did uh, this will still hang over her so it uh, goes for a little visit to uh to jervis tetch yeah, I don't know how she gets into all these uh, restricted areas. She did used to work in Arkham. She did, so but she, she no longer works there. Mm-hmm. Um, have connections. She I doesn't guess. work in the GCPD any longer. And but I suppose she she's clever enough with her excuses to be able to slip past the these guards um, easily enough. But yeah, she is. Um, she goes for a conversation with Jervis Tetch, where she is really questioned herself by Jervis to say. Is it me that caused Mario to get killed? Is it Jim or is it you? Ultimately, at that tea party with Valerie Vale and, and Lee Tompkins, that Jervis had spotted the the loving eyes of, of Lee on Jim. And obviously, with Jim's decision, I think ultimately... It's very harsh of them to try and put it all on Lee, but she certainly has now realized that it isn't just Jim and his response, but that she had some part to play by actually still having feelings towards Jim. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know how far they, they kind of penetrated really, and um, those feelings. Um, but unfortunately, Jervis, has gotten under the skin of Lee and oh, has yes. really uh, turned and persuaded her that she is just as integral as him and uh, Jim Gordon to Mario's death. Um, and so she goes on a little um, sort of... She, like, hits the... It's like hitting the, the, the company stationery cupboard for, like, stationery supplies, <laughs> except because she was the med- medical examiner. Uh, she grabs the virus and mm-hmm. we see her... Um, injecting herself at the end and great final shot. Um, just, I mean, remember the, the new, um, I'm thinking now it's maybe six or seven years and they did a, the rerun of V. Uh huh. Yeah. The old 80s sci fi where aliens come down and, um, start effectively hoovering up humans, uh, surreptitiously, uh, to, to use as birthing pods or, uh, as food. Yeah. Uh, and, um, Marina Baccara was the head reptile uh, in, in, in V. Yes. Um, sorry, spoilers there. <laughs> and she did evil uh, really, really well. And Absolutely. that 
look on her face after she's just injected herself with the virus is really, um, really scary. Like it's proper evil. I loved it. Great finishing to this episode. It definitely. It also reminded me of the, um, of, um, Supernatural, the demons on Supernatural as their eyes turn black yeah. when, they're, when they're changed over to demons or when they reveal themselves. So, uh, so quite interesting to see what will happen. What she does just describe it in the episode. And we obviously have talked about it many times in the, po- on the podcast in the past, but, um, this virus is what brings out the worst parts of a person or their most central or core um their core identity i suppose and, and reveals us to to gotham so what's going to happen what is it from from um her is it just her hatred of jim is going to be intensified even more here? yeah um so interesting to find out what happens to poor old leslie Tompkins. that's it has she been consumed by hatred of jim so much that that's her defining trait now yeah yeah so it'll be interesting yeah very different character from the comic books leslie Tompkins now um you very know, comic books a lot a much older much more loving character a very uh, big connection with bruce wayne tends to his wounds a lot that kind of stuff um this version of leslie Tompkins is now going down a very very dark path very dark and can i say understandably from, yes. from what she's gone through in this in this season so far i think that's our top five case notes for the week john yeah gotta be a bullockism in there isn't there there definitely has it was full of bullockisms this week absolutely but first off really quickly because it was kind of a dropped line but we finally find out for definite what the, what there is between lucius and yeah. and bullock uh uh, obviously, Jim Gordon finally questions Bullock on why he hates him so much. And he says, well, because Lucius is smarter than me. So <laughs> so finally, we, it has been confirmed. We always thought there was something between them because of the difference in intelligence. Um, and Bullock has confirmed that he's smarter than him. That's yeah. why he hates him. Um, John? Yeah, uh, Harvey um, shouts out, there's a nut job in a leather outfit running around with an axe for an arm. Now, I know this is Gotham, but come on, people, do something as, <laughs> as, uh, it's the executioner has gone uh, on the run again. Uh, really, really good. But let's say his frustration in this episode really brought out some good bullockisms. I love the moment when, uh, when Alfred is in the, is in the GCPD and they're talking about, uh, re-putting together the owl statue. Alfred says, would you be able to help with that to Harvey? And Harvey goes, I can't even do a jigsaw puzzle. I just punch the pieces until they fit, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. Really cool. Didn't really talk about the uh, the the owl statue. Yeah, but actually, we get the map of Gotham with Finally. specific uh, locations. We don't know what they mean, what mm-hmm. they are. Um, but yeah, and they have to reassemble the, the smashed crystal owl from wayne manor that jerome smashed uh horribly in an earlier episode yeah do you know what and i will say you know it's a tv show at different writers on different episodes and i think we made the point at the time that the uh the owl statue seemed way too important to just be picked up and smashed on the floor we were speculating about what it was for a couple of weeks and they'd yeah. shown there was a map inside it so it was i think that was a mistake in a way, it was something that was taken off the table by mistake by one of the writers. So by putting it back on the table again, reconnecting a glass vase, it's heavily smashed on a concrete floor. It's a very difficult thing to do. So <laughs> luckily, these guys, these three guys um, have a really good uh, crafting mentality and are able to reconnect it perfectly. And nice to know that none of the cracks that would be in the glass added lines onto the map in the middle of the of the glass as well. Yes, it was a very professional job. <laughs> good job. Good job, lads. Um, that's our bullockisms of the week. Uh, just one little note. Um, that yeah, I, that nice I little one. Yeah, just uh, Miller Harbour in Gotham. Um, very cool to, to give a reference out to Frank Miller, one of the, one of the um, 
one of the most wonderful writers for for the Batman comics. So I uh, definitely think that Miller Harbour was named after Frank Miller. Uh, in there, quite cool to see that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Overall, that's our that's our bulletisms, our notes uh, for the week. John, overall, what do you think of the episode? Again, I thought this was really solid. Um, I would give this four rolling heads out of five. Um, yeah, I I just really enjoyed um, Lee's continuing just desperate desperateness um really that she has and that final um that final shot of her injecting herself and mm. just the the crazy evil grin uh, spreading across her face um along with the the black eyes and the veins was was really really well done i really enjoyed um the shaman and bruce again i just have found those um scenes this uh in this season really really good some of the effects that they have it was great to have selena go after the doppelganger and have alfred come out of wayne manor the whole uh payoff with the executioner it is really it is good you know it, it's it's a it's over it's, it's overhyped but it, it it's good um i've really enjoyed um the way captain barnes has just had his personality reframed with the executioner and you know r.i.p catherine she has been a really great um master puppeteer and villain and to get her comeuppance firstly at the hands of alfred with the knife and then without getting her head lopped off by by the executioner yeah um i suppose in gotham that is a fitting way uh to 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 bow out um not that she can bow anymore but um yeah a great character really good as what looked like the head of the court of owls and um, but the head has been um yeah removed really really good so i i thought this was a really again a fantastically strong episode i loved ed and uh oswald together in in the cell mm-hmm. i really did enjoy that and just see now how that craziness uh plays out as i say i think the way oswald does the hatred stir the way that's portrayed by robin lord taylor uh, like from last week was really really good yeah and so yeah overall i think another solid episode with as much craziness fun uh violence and mm-hmm. bloodiness that i think it is turning out to be a really good mix for gotham absolutely and also just a little shout out to the the great drama in here between selena and alfred as well yeah. really really enjoyed their scenes uh, with cameron and dover and, and uh, sean Pertwee. so good together so good to see them having proper screen time uh, and some some good little arguments in there uh, but yeah i think it's time to get on to some feedback john yeah yeah so on to our feedback and um, if you want to send in feedback to us you can email us at feedback at gotham tv podcast.com you can also join in our group over on facebook send out your comments your thoughts your discussion points anything on this season of gotham just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash gotham tv podcast and of course if you like to hear the sound of your own voice then you can use our voicemail option just go to gotham tv podcast.com and click on the tab on the right hand side of the website and you can leave up to 90 seconds of feedback uh, 
there at which we will play on our podcast. Um, but we have um, some feedback here from Annalise. She goes, Hey guys, this episode was a bit brutal for me the first time watching it, and it wasn't any easier the second time around. Mm. This episode aired here in the States the Monday before I left for London for Heroes and Villains Fan Fest back in June. I was all packed, and then this episode happened. It was a bad day in Gotham for Catherine. Um, not only was she stabbed in the hand by Alfred, but just when she thought she was home free, her head was knocked clean off by uh, Captain Barnes as the executioner. Many of my friends knew of my cosplay and plans to debut it in London, so after the episode aired, I received a few tweets of friends offering their condolences for the death of a character that they knew I loved, including the woman herself, and she requested to see the photos from Catherine's adventures in England, which I, of course, forwarded and even attempted to recreate. Yes, it's... Well, yeah, because Annalise, uh, you're costume of Catherine was excellent over at Heroes and Villains and mm-hmm. of course um, the next one will be you'll have to try and do a decapitated version um, and trying to think how you would do that in cosplay it would be quite difficult it but would. Would. Catherine lives on in, in memory and thought definitely she was a great character yeah. um, and certainly got her comeuppance in this episode mm-hmm. um, Annalise goes on to say other points that stuck out for me this episode were Ed and Oswald behaving as children and gave me some much-needed laughter. I especially love seeing Ed's glee after he blew the dart at Oswald. Jervis always brings a smile to my face, especially in his newspaper hat while rhyming. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, that's a really good point. It's a nice counterbalance to the, the fairly heavy episode, yeah. actually, that happened, um, definitely. The only thing I had issue with or found odd was Lee injecting herself with the virus at the end. I always felt that seemed out of character for her. She always yelled at Jim for being a demon or a virus, so I always pictured her being above dipping into darkness herself. I guess we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah, I, I understand that, but I think in this particular episode, I think Jervis really gets under her skin by saying this is something that that she was involved in the death of Mario in some way. Um, I don't think Leslie's thought about it like that. I don't think you should ever take it from the guy who murdered, who actually did murder yeah. your husband and caused all of the problems. I don't think you should ever take it from them that you're involved in this, but I think it really gets under Lee's skin. She's got nobody really supporting her anymore. Um, she's kind of cut off from everybody that she knows now. And um, it's, it feels like the reason why she's gone into the darkness is because she's kind of been pulled there or pushed there by one of the villains of Gotham. And I think by multiple people as well, by mm-hmm. Jim included. But the other thing about Jervis is, and I suppose we don't see it in that interaction with, with her, but he is a hypnotist as well. True. Um, and yeah, we don't see anything with the, the uh, pocket watch, but still, um, you know, he is able, uh, remember his eyes going black. Mm-hmm. Um, he is able to get into the thoughts of people. Um, so, I just wonder whether there was a bit of that going on, which just wasn't really um, clearly identified within the episode. Mm -hmm. But certainly, um, yeah, it it is something I understand, but I kind of took it more that, you know, Jervis Tetch with his rhyming, he's, he's, he seduces you in. And I think that's how he, he kind of did it almost kind of hypnotically and suggestively. Mm hmm. Um, Very interesting, John. Good catch. Yeah. And finally, Annalise says, there were many great bullockisms this week, but I think I liked when he was in the basement with Jim and he asks, 
Why can't they ever investigate any places I want to go to, like a pub or a strip joint? <laughs> Absolutely great, great <laughs> bollockism. That's only happened once on Gotham before, hasn't it? That they did get to like a strip club sort yeah. of uh, to go for an investigation. No, excellent catch, Annalise, and great, great bollockism. We thanks yeah. so much for your feedback. Yeah, thank you so much, Annalise, for the feedback. Uh, keep it coming in. Absolutely. I completely forgot to go on to the next piece of feedback while we were originally recording the episode when we do it for our YouTube. We normally do it pretty live, uh, so really sorry about that. Uh, just me coming back with Claire Payne's feedback for this episode of Gotham. Uh, she begins with definitely an episode full of surprises. Oswald and Ed in their birdcage cells was a great scene that carried on from last week's episode. With Ed thinking he had the upper hand over Oswald after bribing the guard to drug his coffee, Oswald, in his own way, won't let Ed win. With revenge put aside for the moment, leads the two ex-friends to work together to escape from the court's prison. With a six-hour ceasefire, they go their separate ways. I'd just like to mention Robert Lord Taylor's physical acting in this scene, where he collapses on the floor, is excellent. Oh, I totally agree with you, Claire. That's the second mention of the birdcage cells, and I don't think I caught that. I think that John mentioned something like uh, owl cells, something like that, but I don't think I caught it. Uh, for some reason, they do absolutely look like birdcage cells. Um, yeah, really, really episode full of surprises. Totally agree with you. Uh, Claire continues on with the standout character in this episode for me has to be Alfred. His immense anger with Selina after she refuses to help Alfred find the real Bruce is fantastic, and I feel actually deserved. I can understand that Selina still has a grudge against Bruce because of her mom, but Bruce has always been there for her. Then Alfred turning up at the GCPD and realizing Catherine is being interviewed by Jim, you really see the side of Alfred when it comes to Bruce. He will cross the line. He doesn't need the good cop, bad cop routine. He's a butler. <laughs> One of the greatest moments in uh, in Alfred's time on, on Gotham. Yeah, Claire, totally agree with you. Um, this moment with Selena and Alfred was definitely one of my favorites, as I, as I mentioned in our, in our podcast episode. Um, really, really enjoyed it. It's really tough seeing Alfred go so hard line against Selena. You know she has her own problems. You know she has her own troubles. But uh, the way she's been going, yeah, it does seem like she's going down her darker path already uh, on the way to becoming Selena Kyle Catwoman in future. Claire continues with Catherine's head being cut off by Barnes was definitely a huge shock and surprise. Not sure on Barnes's leather outfit, though. Interesting outfit, wasn't it? Uh, definitely like the knife. Definitely like that. Um, maybe that's the reason why one of the GCPD exclaimed, who is that? Maybe that he just didn't recognize Barnes on other outfits since he always wore those immaculate suits. And Claire says, twinkle, twinkle, little doctor. Another truly great scene with Leslie and Jervis. The reveal from Tetchum why Mario was infected was to torment Jim and Leslie is to blame was outstanding. Again, I know I've said this a few times. Gotham ends on another great ending with Leslie injecting herself with the virus absolutely great yeah really good liking this dark side of leslie um really liking seeing it i'm really wondering what effect the virus is going to have on her when we come back next episode thanks so much for your feedback claire and sorry i didn't get to read it while john was here um please keep sending it in to feedback at gotham tv podcast.com yeah, so thank you, as always, for all the feedback. Um, it is really much appreciated. And mm -hmm. um, please subscribe to us over at gothamtvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes. Just go on to Apple Podcasts uh, and subscribe or leave a review. Uh, and, of course, you can subscribe to any other good podcast catcher for Gotham. Mm -hmm. Just search Gotham TV Podcast. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Really good to have you with us for this episode. Uh, next episode, episode 20, which is Heroes Rise Pretty Hate Machine. Uh, it's the name of Nine Inch Nails' first album. 
I'm wondering yeah. why that's the uh, why that's the choice. There's been a few choice names throughout this season. Things like uh, Burn the Witch, which was Queens of the Stone Age. Um, really interesting to see why they're picking these particular songs. Uh, probably some of the darkness of, of Gotham matches with these types of bands, maybe. I wonder if Danny Cannon may be uh, involved with this episode. He does have great sus- taste in music. He does, and I suspect it's got a lot to do with... Uh, Ms. Tompkins. Mm-hmm. Very true. Very true. Let's see what's happening in that episode. Uh, our review will be out on Wednesday, the 23rd of August. And a reminder, one month later, just just under one month after that, Gotham Season 4 will be starting uh, to broadcast in North America. We are moving. Our podcast room will be changing uh, in the next couple of weeks, which means that we are going to be able to cover Season 4 at the US pace, so at the North American pace. So uh, quite cool. Hope you're going to join us. It does mean a very small break between the end of Season 3 and the start of Season 4, but there will be a break, and you'll get to hear our thoughts as soon as it comes out from the, from the US, which yeah, is quite cool. Absolutely. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we will speak with you again next time. Talk to you next Take week. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being a Butch supporter. Butch loves you, baby.